Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Good morning. My name's Pam Davis. Uh, Richard, would you come pray with me, please, and pray for us? Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for this day, for all that are here. We're thankful, Lord, that you see great potential in all of us. When we, not, when we do not see it in ourselves, you do. Lord, so many times in our lives, there are many, many what-ifs that we have. Help us to push through those into the potential that you see for us, that we may become the people that you've called us to be. Bless the message and the messenger today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For those of you that don't know, Richard is my far better half. I'm the other one. (laughs) And we've worshipped here at this church place since 1975 when we moved to Royce City. When Pastor Chris asked me to speak on this date, I said, okay, (laughs) thinking I could come up with something to say. But only two words came to me in the form of a question, what if? Then I got a big nothing. What if what? I started to panic. What if I came to you this morning with nothing? Now, you might prefer that, but I finally did receive something. What if I would bear witness to the love of God and grace of Jesus Christ as a living testimony in my life. To tell you the truth, I really didn't want to do that. Many of you know me and most likely would think, what has she got to say anyway? I was afraid. And Thursday morning, in my devotional time, Deuteronomy 31.6 was the, one of the scripture references. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. So, what if I bear witness to the fact that I know this scripture to be true? This is my testimony to the living God in my life. The Lord my God has never left me, nor has he forsaken me. I have broken his law, rebelled against his love, And I certainly have not loved my neighbor as myself. However, he's still with me. 
He still loves me, and he has never forsaken me. As a youth, I accepted Jesus Christ into my life. I did not grow up in a family that attended church, or rarely did we ever have any mention of a faith in God. Somehow, I found myself going to a church because of the youth ministry there. There, I came to know the love of Christ and the love of the body of Christ through the church members. As life went on, one day I realized I had wandered into a deep desert place of my soul. I felt alone and abandoned. On the outside, most things may have appeared to be going very well, but inside, I was lost. The story of Hagar in Genesis is a scripture to which I can relate. You see, she ran away from her home and was lost, hiding under a bush in the desert. Then God saw her, and he brought her out. She named him the God who sees me. God saw me. Because of his unfailing love, he wrapped me up in the cloak of the grace given to us in Jesus Christ and walked me back to where I belong, in the center of his love, mercy, and grace. Ephesians 4.30 tells us, we are sealed for the day of redemption. That I be I believe to be true without any doubt. I live in redemption and in his grace. I'm certainly not perfect, but God isn't finished with me yet. Let's look at our scripture reference today. It's Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these Virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him.
That scripture refers to us as the elect of God. What if we believe we are indeed the elect of God? Not to condemn or to judge, but to be the body of Christ for our day and time to bear witness to the transforming of our lives. What if each one of us has a part in that body? Even if it doesn't seem to be a very important part. Now, several years ago, I broke three tiny little bones in the ball of my foot. Now, to tell you the truth, I had never given the ball of my foot any thought whatsoever. That is, until it was injured. I couldn't bear my weight, stand upright, nor could I walk. The other foot, ankle, leg, hip, my back, both arms had to work together to get me from one place to the next. It was a very humiliating thing because I had to ask my coworkers to take me to the restroom. I needed them to open the door because it was too heavy for me to do alone. The healing of those three little bones became very important to me. I needed the use of that foot. What if you feel like the ball of a foot and not very important? What part could you possibly participate in God's plan? After all, the bottom of the foot is certainly not very attractive and rarely thought of. That is often how I see myself in the body of Christ. He has designed a part for me and for you that is important in the body. What if you are one of the other members called upon for support or to carry the burden? I can bear witness to the fact that I would not have come this far without the support of the members of the body of Christ who love me and encourage me to be the woman of God he has called me to be. What if each one of us is vital to the body of Christ? What if you know your role? What if we offer our lives to God to do his will? What if any one of us would choose not to fill the part God has designed for us? What if he loves us anyway? Ephesians 3, 16 through 19 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through the Holy Spirit in your inner self that Christ dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length 
and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. As the people of God, do we truly believe we are the elect of God, holy and beloved? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son. Does that mean you? Does that mean me? Now, we quote this scripture often because it's short. <laughs> but consider that it's what our hope is built upon. What if we have the faith that God indeed did send his son as a living offering for us? What if that faith isn't enough? Matthew 17, 20 through 21, Jesus tells us, if we have the faith as small as a mustard seed, we could say to that mountain, be moved, and it would be moved. What if we had at least that much faith? As the body of Christ, the elect of God, what if we could say to the mountains in our life, be moved, and they would be moved? Do we have the faith as small as a mustard seed? Can you imagine the body of Christ if we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Would we lay down the burden of worry and move forward in courage? What if we believe we could ask, and it will be given to us? Seek, and we will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to us, as promised in Matthew 7, 7 through 12. What if we knew that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose do we love him are we called according to his purpose does this only mean in times of tri trial and tribulation or does it mean in the good times as well what if we believe if God is for us, who can be against us? What if we believe who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? What if we would walk in confidence toward the purpose God has called us to. What if we, the body of Christ, would believe we could? Recently, I've been pri privileged to know Jillian through her mother, Donna Latier Stafford. Jillian was born with a debilitating disease that left her physically challenged in numerous ways. Jillian was never supposed to live at all, not even a few de short days. 
the doctor said for sure Jillian would never reach puberty. Jillian believed she would live. Jillian believed that she would go to school and graduate from high school, which she did in May. When she rolled across the stage to receive her diploma, her entire class at Highland Park High School stood up and cheered for her. Her mother told me the entire McFarland Auditorium was on their feet. Two weeks ago, Jillian decided she wanted to go to a Christian camp this summer for special needs individuals. Her mother, Donna, was very concerned because Jillian had never been by herself for one day, let alone a full week. Jillian went to camp and had the experience that so many of us take for granted. She shared her witness to the grace of God in her life, which gives her courage pressing toward the purpose he has called her to do. Jillian shows love, joy, hope, and great courage in the face of great adversity. She has lived her faith that she is called according to God's purpose in her life, despite many obstacles. What if, as the body of Christ, we believe in all things. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. What could we do as living witnesses to the grace of God in our lives? What if, as in 2 Corinthians 3.18, we, the body of Christ, reflected the Lord's glory as we are being transformed into his likeness. Do we truly believe we can be transformed into his likeness? What if, as in the body of Christ, we believe, as we read earlier in Colossians 3, 12 through 17, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also must you do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you have been called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. As the body of Christ called here and now, 
do we put on the cloak of grace to do his good will and spread the message of God's great love through us in Jesus Christ. And you know, I was reminded at the beginning of this service when that child came running down the front and he said, wait for me, I'm coming to you. What if we came to God that way? What if we came running to him? Wait for me, I'm coming for you. I ask you this, what if? Liz, would you come lead us? Please stand and join us in our hymn of commitment, number 707, Hymn of Promise. Let us pray. Now go as the Spirit of God has called you to be a people of grace, to be a people of truth, to be a people who pursue peace, to be a people who forgive, to a people who love. And may God lead and guide you. Amen. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Behind me, the cross.
Amen.